Extraordinary Asian Women is a podcast featuring Asian women and the journey to their extraordinary lives. My name is Claudia Chen, and in this journey together, I'll help you build the curiosity to know yourself, the compassion to love yourself, and the courage to be yourself in order to bring out the unicorn in you. As a life coach, wife, and mom, I will share with you my stories along with other Asian women to inspire and encourage you to live the life you've always dreamed of. I'm excited about this. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Extraordinary Asian Women Podcast. Today, my wonderful guest has 10 years of experience learning about people's jobs and designing training to improve job skills. She has worked for startups, entrepreneurs, colleges, not-for-profits, government agencies, and various companies to improve the efficiency of training and business operation processes. I'd like to introduce you to Fenya Ryder. Hi, Fenya. It's so great to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. Hi, Claudia. Hi. Could you share with our listeners what your cultural background is and a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, I'm from Canada. I grew up here. Uh, my parents are originally from Asia, so I'm Chinese-Canadian. Uh, and um, when I was little, I just wanted to be a writer in the English language. <laughs> mm. And then from there, I ended up becoming a, a teacher. My first teaching experience was as an ESL teacher. And that's when I started to be a little bit more aware of my cultural background compared to just being a teacher. I realized I'm, I wasn't just teaching, I was an ESL teacher, so I was teaching English, but as a result of that, I started to meet people from other cultures, and that's when I became aware that I'm not perceived just as a person teaching English. I became quite aware that I was an Asian person teaching English um, in my personal life and in my professional life. For example, uh, as an ESL teacher, I have to be better at English than the average person. I have to be really good at grammar. I have to be really aware about differences in English in terms of how it's used, the usage, idioms, and so on. And so it was. It bothered me a little bit sometimes when I would run into someone, and I actually had an incident where I was downtown shopping, and uh, what I said was, most times people say, excuse me, to get past somebody as they're walking down the aisle in the store. But I'd pretty much almost gotten past that person at the time. And I was trying to squeeze past them as I was trying to get out of the store. So I said, sorry, as in, I'm sorry to cut you off because it was already at that moment. Um, and then he shouted after me as I was leaving the store how to properly use excuse me versus sorry. And I started to think, if I didn't look Asian, would he have tried to give me a little grammar and English uses lesson as mm -hmm. I'm walking out of the store? He actually went out of the way to yell at across the store to me. And it bothered me because I have to know a little bit more about English than the average person. And here's mm -hmm. someone teaching me English. Um, and I wasn't sure, is it is it he was just upset or is it because he looked at me and I looked like someone who doesn't know how to use English properly? Because since that time, because it was on my mind, I listened to other people in those instances. And I've heard equal amounts of people saying, excuse me, and sorry. And mm -hmm. no one gets corrected <laughs> in terms of yeah. how to use that. So I thought to me that that did affect me a little bit. Or sometimes when I went to other places and I was there with a friend of mine who is also a teacher but he was Caucasian and they'd ask him where he's from he said I'm from Canada 
And this is the first time this happened to me. So I thought, oh, that's an easy conversation. Then they asked me, where are you from? So I said, I'm from Canada. And I thought that would be the end of it. But no, they would. They asked me, okay, where are you really from? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I said, Canada? Because I wasn't sure where they're going with it. Okay, so where are you born? Canada. Okay, mm-hmm. where are your parents from? Canada. And I kept going until I, they found out where my parents were born. And they mm-hmm. realized, oh, you're Chinese. Mm. I felt that was that was just really strange like why can't why is it my other friend who's Caucasian they don't need to know his entire background they don't need to ask him six or seven questions they just accepted his identity he could have been born in America U.S. and then from there lived in America in Canada lived in Canada for just a couple of years and he just said, I'm from Canada. And they accepted him as a Canadian, but they needed to know where I was from, where I lived, where I was born, where my parents are from, where my parents are born, mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm. to give me an identity that I wasn't even Canadian. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, it's like, okay, what is a Canadian? I started to question things like this. What is a Canadian? Am I Chinese? Because I don't think of myself as truly Chinese. I've never mm-hmm. lived overseas that long. So I do consider myself to be a Canadian. So it's this kind of cultural dual, what am I, that went on. And I, and I noticed that with some other friends who are also Asian in, in ethnicity, it doesn't, they don't think about as much. They just think of themselves as Canadians. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is the per, people's expectations of you. So my friends who are in those more typical jobs, that you think Asians would be in, who are accountants, who are in law, who are doing um, those kind of math or science type jobs, they've never Mm -hmm. had this come up. But because I'm in this career area where I have to know about my Canadian culture, teach people Canadian culture, workplace, teaching them English, and I have to be really good at English because now I'm an editor as well. So I have to know Canadian versus American versus British English. I think I'm above average in terms of my master of the English language. And yet people have questioned my identity because of the kind of work that I do. Mm-hmm. They don't expect someone who's Asian to also be that knowledgeable about Canadian culture because I was teaching immigrants, but also knowledgeable about the English language because I'm now a professional editor. So I, this kind of question always goes through my mind. Mm, yeah, about, I think you know, um, it, definitely like I've heard so many times, like, for example, even um Asian people who go to Asia like Japan or Korea to teach English right they also mm-hmm. have that racist type um comments given to them it's like those people over there do not really accept us going there to teach English because of our skin mm-hmm. right and even for myself like having come here I actually immigrated to Canada when I was 11 I just did not identify myself as Chinese just because of whatever experience I had before, like I did not want to be part of the Chinese culture. And for the mm-hmm. longest time, I had denied my uh, cultural background mm-hmm. um, as being part of my identity. But it was just so strange because I always felt like I couldn't be integrated into the Western Caucasian culture, yet mm-hmm. I don't identify along with all these Chinese people who were in my school. And so I was just like a standalone island for me yeah. when I was like growing up throughout my school years. So yeah, yeah, definitely we are talking about like redefining our own cultural identity more 
specifically how to deal with the dual cultural expectations from other people for today, for this mm-hmm. episode. So from what you have experienced, Fania, when you talk about redefining your cultural identity, what does it really mean to you? For me, I want to be who I am. And I feel like if I pursue what I'm interested in, eventually I'm just going to be who I am. And I think part of it is when you get older, it's also part of growing up. And and in general, as you get older, you don't really care so much what people think compared to when you're a teenager. Any teenager anywhere in the world is very focused on their identity and being accepted and not being a social outcast in the high school. Whereas anyone in any culture I find when they're older, they don't care as much what people think. And part of it has to do with being more established in their careers, more established socially as well, because you have that financial power in your career to just buy what you want, do what you want. You're not worrying about your parents' expectations. And then you're higher up in your job, you're further advanced. So you have that ability to just define yourself. And that's what I found too. Um, Now that where I am, I'm now more comfortable. So as a child, I really loved writing different types of things. I was really interested in Cinderella folk tales and folklore from Europe and around the world. And I wanted to write about those things. And of course, I'm saying, well, Asian, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a dentist. Don't be, there's no career in writing. And I end up being a teacher who does a lot of writing. I write courses, course content. And I want to continue writing what I want to write about. And I found that as I start to go out there and, and explore being with different groups, Asian groups and non-Asian groups. And as I'm the only non-Asian amongst the people who like to study gemstones and folklore from around the world. And I started to study Irish culture and Irish language. And I was the only person showing up in these Irish classes. Mm-hmm. So I was very different. And that's also the point of my life where I was a little older. And I said, you know what, if I like this stuff, I will, I, I don't want to be the only person writing about culture, Celtic, Celtic culture and Chinese culture. And I have pushed them together. That was my idea actually a few years ago is I'm going to do what I do. I love this stuff about the folklore that's European and I like Asian culture and I'll put them together. And the first chance I had, I went to write to a magazine and talk about Chinese tea mm-hmm. <laughs> as well as how it influences for different types of beliefs that are a bit European. And the editor wrote back and said that this just isn't done. I don't feel comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, well, I've been drinking Chinese tea and I've not yet been hit by lightning for <laughs> reading up on European folklore and combining it. Drink my Chinese tea. I'm still alive. Nothing has happened to me. I think the laws of the universe are not unhappy with that. But I think she was uncomfortable putting the two together. Mm-hmm. So since then, I thought I'm just going to keep doing this, <laughs> mm-hmm. combining my two interests. And that's what I think is as being my dual identity is I'll continue to explore what I like and I'll continue to go to these different groups and learn more about my interests. And whoever accepts it can accept it. And then if they don't, they don't. And eventually one day my hobby is writing and I want to write about urban fantasy with Mm. European beliefs and folklore and mash it up with Chinese beliefs Mm. uh, and culture because that's who I am. I'm a mix up of everything being raised in Canada And so if I have some person speaking Cantonese and 
having dim sum and then going off and exploring gemstones and fairies from Europe, so be it. It's, it's who I am. And if no one wants to read it, then they don't. But at least I've expressed myself mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah, I love how you're saying that when you redefine your own identity, it's the fact that you're finding pieces of yourself that you're accepting and bringing it back and integrating it back into your life. I think a lot of times because we are raised in the Western culture that we don't see a lot of those representations, we have mm -hmm. been rejecting the biggest part of who we are, like what we actually see in front of the mirror, what we actually see on screen, like even this... Um, interview with you right like I'm I'm seeing Fania as someone who's like yellow skin black hair same as me but mm -hmm. on the air when you're listening to this podcast you don't see that right and it is this yeah. part of us that we have kind of been rejecting and a lot of times mm -hmm. we feel like when we have moved to a new place even our parents or our ancestors coming to a new place they feel like they have to mm -hmm. assimilate into the new culture um, so that they kind of rejected who they are. And now mm -hmm. it's time for us to bring back this identity to say, hey, it's okay to be us. And even when someone else don't mm -hmm. accept it, when, even when someone else don't like it, this is who we are. And Fanya, if our listeners are in the same spot where they feel limited in their own mm -hmm. skin, what useful tips could you share with them to integrate this piece back into them? I'm not sure if, if my tips would be applicable to everyone. Mm -hmm. I did grow up in a very almost traditional style uh, family, but at certain expectations, you're supposed to get an honor roll, you're supposed to do really well at school, those kind of things. And it's really tough. And that's, I noticed that in school, they'll say, well, this is how you, one teacher said, this is how you get a C plus in class. I was thinking, well, C plus is not even a letter grade that's acceptable. <laughs> you get that letter grade in my family, but that's not even something that exists. It's just mm -hmm. A's and B's. Mm -hmm. So I felt that even the school system wasn't quite supporting what was going on at home. It's very difficult, I know, for some people to do this, but I just kept myself in a bit of a tunnel. I had things I focused on. So I continued to write my, my urban fantasy tales, even though I was supposed to focus on school, even though I was one day supposed to be a doctor or a dentist, I was a very focused person. Mm -hmm. And it was really tough because a lot of times I wanted to give up, but I told myself, just focus on the little things. So I just picked up my books in the library and I read the things I was interested in. As I got older, I continued to do what I was supposed to as someone raised in an Asian family, but I never gave up on what I wanted to do. And certain things, as I experienced them, affected my decisions. For example, I, be I became an ESL teacher first, and I noticed how people looked at me as, as an Asian person teaching English and not an ESL teacher necessarily. So it is more about putting power to yourself. So I was not comfortable being questioned about my identity a lot, which happened a lot as an ESL teacher. So I went into something different. Now I'm not always being questioned about whether I am an Asian person teaching English or just a teacher teaching English, if that makes sense. So I changed that environment, but I continue to teach. Mm -hmm. So I would say be very, very focused, drown mm -hmm. out the noise. And it's very difficult because, yeah, there are a lot of times where I just wanted to give up. I just kept going 
And sometimes I would wouldn't focus on the bigger goals. I would just make smaller goals. Mm -hmm. Just get through today. Get through this hour. I'm not feeling well. I'll just get through listening a song that I like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I did a lot of research. I started to look into what else was out there. I started to meet other people, um, finding other groups Mm -hmm. that had similar interests and seeing if they accepted me. And if they accepted me, then I continued to go and be with them and hang out with them and be around people from similar interests. If I felt uncomfortable in any way, then I just left that group and would continue to search. So it's, it's a lot of being determined mm-hmm. to be who you are. As I got older, it's the other thing of, I don't really care what people think. And also the friends around me also are older. And you get to that stage when, when you're an adult, you just do what you do. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's for younger people, just hang on. Cause eventually it doesn't matter what people think of you anymore. As a teenager, I remember caring about my clothes and my dress correctly and then being bullied if you're not that kind of thing when you're a teenager but when you're older you just walk away if you're not happy with the people that surround you so it's it's part of building I guess the best way to sum it up is building up your power as you get older Mm -hmm. I love what you said about like focus and I think even stepping back one more is actually really look into what you want and what you like Mm-hmm. before you focus right because like a lot of times there is something w- that we want but because of mm-hmm. the outside noise like our parents said oh that's a, just a hobby you shouldn't focus on it like it's that first mm-hmm. step is to find out what it is that you want to do what interests you and then go into yeah. it like make time for that thing like you can be focusing on studying or doing your job but also deliberately make time for these things that you enjoy that can fill your soul to say hey this is Mm -hmm. part of me this is what I like because the moment you say I am going to give this up then you're kind of rejecting a part of you that is very important to you and um, I love that you're saying also just keep continuing so that you get to choose later on and there will be more opportunities for you to choose Mm -hmm. later on as you build that financial power by um, build up your um, resume or your experiences and I think that's so important because um, a lot of times when people start to get into a job right they kind of get mm-hmm. into the family lives and then life takes over and then they forget <laughs> they forget yeah. that there is more to it to life mm-hmm. and then they get very um, drained they don't have that joy in the life anymore and so um, going into what you're interested in and finding that joy again is so important Mm -hmm. so thank you so much Fenya our show is coming to an end do you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners yeah I just thought of something else and that is because I I, when I work with other people I find that they sometimes have struggles emotionally with all the things that they have to deal with or over and they become overwhelmed by it So I would say one final bit of advice is you can't control what other people think of you or say about you. And the hardest part is just drowning out other people's opinions. And that is one thing about, you know, dual identity is people are trying to shape you and say things about you. So just separate. Is it me? Am I the one thinking this? Am I the one saying I shouldn't be doing this career? Am I the one saying I shouldn't be a writer? 
or is it everyone else around me? And when you separate the two, then you just drown them out and just keep doing what you're doing. Mm, what you said is so true. Like you have to separate out. Is it what they, is it really what they're mm-hmm. saying? And is it what I truly believe? And you have to examine mm-hmm. that for yourself and to determine that for yourself. And then you'll be like, okay, well, I have a choice here. Do I really want to follow what they say versus mm-hmm. what do I really want? And at mm-hmm. the end, choose you, choose yourself, choose what yes. you want, mm-hmm. right? And that's so important because if you don't choose you, no one's going to choose you. <laughs> so yes, you should you so be your much. own biggest fan. Exactly, exactly. And it is hard. It is really hard when there are so many noises out there. But find find it within you to say, if this is what you want, just keep going at it. As Afania said, mm-hmm. keep focusing, keep being persistent. And it's what brings you joy, then go for it. Thank you very much, Fenya. Where can people find you if they want to work with you or anything like that? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn under the name Vanya Writer, or they can find me as vanyawriter.com. I have my own website with my editing and writing and instructional design services. And thanks so much for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. It is so crucial, especially now that we want to have more Asian voices out there. And there Mm -hmm. are so many people who are like getting out there doing it, but there's still so many people who need to hear this message. So thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me today.